Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Welcome back into the overflow. Here we go. Into the overflow where we are seeking to walk out life, figure out life in the receiving, being branches to the vine, being sheep to the shepherd, uh, being a son of our father, being a daughter of our father, being a brother or sister of Jesus, being a source of life, being a temple of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And this is life. This is life in the overflow, man. As we launch into what we got for today, this is going to be heavy stuff, emotionally heavy stuff. Mash that notification button, hit the subscribe uh, so you can make sure you're on the, the front line of getting everything that we put out, man. Everything that we put out in addition to these blogs and podcasts, whatever this is. Uh, we also try and do whiteboards pretty often and other kind of teaching content, uh, all aimed at helping people walk in the fullness of all that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has for us, not just getting into the what of our faith, but really the how. Like, how do you really do this? How do you pray? How do you read the Bible? How do you walk by faith? How do you experience healing? All of those kinds of things. All those kinds of things. And what we're going to look at today is, and follow up to what we looked at last week. Last week we looked at, actually two weeks ago, we looked at the inner journey. The inner journey and how challenging that can be to expose ourselves to the inner healing work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But as we do that... So we open ourselves up, we're going to be surrounded by people, and we really want to learn how to handle other people's pain well. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to expose, we're going to share our own pain. We would love to be able to do that in a context where other people are handling our pain well. And then we want, we want Jesus, we really, really want Jesus to inject us into the life and the pain of other people because it's just so much of it. But so many of us don't really know how to handle pe- people's pain well. And so last week we were looking at how do you how do you handle people's pain well? In this in our time together today, we got to deal with this. What do you say when there's absolutely nothing to say? What do you say when there is really truly whatever the situation is that you're being confronted with, uh, whatever it is that the person that you're talking to is battling, there there's just nothing to say. And and how do you how do you navigate that? Uh, years ago, I got a call from one of my inner circle guys. Inner circle guys. It, it was like late morning or early afternoon. His 18-month-old grandson, new grandson, drowned that day. Uh, and my buddy asked if I could come to the hospital. Uh, I was on the way to the hospital before we got off the phone. I walked into the hospital into the room where the the larger family was all gathered. And my friend motioned me to, to go with him. And so we left that room. We went to another room. And in the other room, it was the, the mom and dad and uh, who I knew. And, and when I walked in, I looked, to the, I looked to the left, and there was the body of the 18-month-old uh, baby, uh, lifeless. You're standing in that room. What would you say? That's a real deal experience in my life. What would you say? What What is there to say? What is there to say? What I, what I want to do in that scenario and inviting you into that scenario, I really, I really want to trigger you or trip you in, 
in a particular direction. And it is this, I want you to feel the uselessness of words in that moment. I want you to feel the uselessness of words in that moment. There's nothing to say. There was nothing to say. And to say anything would be to diminish the gutting of what was happening in that mom and dad and in the family and in my friend and in my, my absolute dear friend. Uh, sometimes, and, and probably more often than you realize, uh, there, there's nothing that, that can be said. Uh, my, my example is certainly extreme. That, that's, a, that's a pretty... That particular scenario has only happened once in my life, other than there have been other situations that you couldn't say anything. Uh, but uh, for the one suffering, it doesn't even have to be that extreme. For the one suffering, they can be feeling something so acute that words are, are there's, just, there's just nothing to say. And so what, what do you do? Uh, thankfully, the scripture gives us some clear direction, gives us even a story uh, that we can draw from that we can uh, learn from and be equipped from. And this is, what I, this, is my, this is my desire. I really want to equip you. I really want to give you some practical, pragmatic wisdom so that you, as you engage in people's lives and they share with you the woundedness that you feel at least somewhat confident about how to navigate their pain. I want you to feel good. I want you to be an effective minister of the love of our Father in the name of Jesus to people who desperately need the love of our Father in the name of Jesus. Uh, and so I want you to be, uh, I want you to be aware of some uh, pragmatic steps, tools, techniques, things that you can say and not say uh, in this, uh, in these, these very, these very painful scenarios. Uh, and of course, we're going to look at the story of Job. We'll look at the story of Job just, just briefly. Most of us know it. If you don't know the, the agony, the detail, the agony of the story of Job, read it, Job chapter one and two. But, but to summarize, uh, in three successive events, Job loses all of his livestock. He begins out, Job, Job's a very wealthy guy, extremely successful in business. But in three successive events, bam, 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 his entire business is wiped out. He loses all of his money. His cattle is gone. It's just, 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 immediately just decimated think about that in your own life a life of a friend of yours who's got a very successful business and then instantaneously like literally like overnight or in the middle of the day something happens and and it, the whole thing is just and there's no insurance there's no business insurance in the days of job if you lost it it was gone it was gone uh, immediately after the horror of losing his job uh, losing his business job is told that his seven sons and his three daughters died in what the Bible calls a real gusty wind, it seems to be like a tornado of sorts. Uh, uh, all of his children, all ten of his kids, are killed instantly. And that was right after, like immediately the same day after he lost his business, his kids are killed. Shortly after that, shortly thereafter, losing his kiddos, Job incurs a, a horrific bout of boils, boil skin stuff. And it's so intense. The pain is so intense. He takes a, uh, uh, a shard of pottery and scrapes, tries to scrape the shards or scrape the boils off of his skin. Uh, 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 and in a final blow, in a final blow to Job's suffering, his wife comes to him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? Basically, leaving him all by himself. So he lost his business, he lost his family, he lost his health, and then he lost his wife. Can you imagine the pain? Can you, can you imagine 
the pain that he's going through. Now, here's the relevant verses for uh, what we are looking at today. You got to read this. I'm going to read, but you you got to pick it up and read this. This is Job chapter two, verse eleven and thirteen. You you got to read this. It's so good for uh, wisdom and how to how to deal with people, how to sit with people when there's nothing to say. Listen to this. Now, when Job's three friends heard all of this adversity that had come upon him, they each they came each one from his own place. Three guys are going to come: Eliphaz. Bildad and Zophar. Eliphaz, Bildad. Now, those are classic Old Testament names. Eliphaz, Bildad, and those aren't even good dog names. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And watch this. They made an appointment together to come to sympathize with Job and to comfort him. So they, they hey, we're, we're going to come over and we want to sympathize with you and they want to comfort you. Wow, that's powerful. Watch how this goes. When they lifted up their eyes at a distance and did not recognize Job, they raised their voices and wept. Now, maybe they didn't recognize him because of the boils. Maybe they, I think they didn't recognize him because of the boils and what grief does to a person physically. And they didn't, they didn't recognize their friend. Uh, each of them, each of the three friends, tore his robe and they threw dust over their heads toward the sky. You remember last week when uh, Matthew 9 said that Jesus saw the people and he felt compassion. He felt compassion. He allowed himself to be emotionally affected by the pain of the people that he saw. That's, that's what these guys are doing. That's what Eliphaz, uh, Bildad, and Zophar are doing in their, their demonstration of mourning. We're gonna, the Apostle Paul, Romans 12, we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, rejoice when everyone rejoices and we're going to mourn when people mourn. We've got to be able to laugh with each other and we've got to be able to cry with each other. And that's what these guys did. Each of them tore their robe and threw dust over their heads uh, toward the sky. Now watch. Here's the, here's the technique. Here's the technique. Then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word. For they saw that his pain was very great. They saw the degree of the pain of Job and they understood words are useless. And so they sat with him for seven days didn't say a word didn't say a word now job's friends get a really bad rap they get a really bad rap because of the kind of counsel that they eventually give job the rest of the book of job job three to job or job four to job uh, 42 i think is the last chapter of the book of job however however before we get to the bad stuff of what they say because their counsel is just brutal they come and sit with job for seven days and they don't say a word how many friends do you have in your life that would do that for you for seven days? For how many people would you do that? Man, and just to sit there and not say a word, what would you say? What, what is there What is there to say? What is there to say? These guys, Eliphaz, Bildad, and so far, they should be exalted as examples of men who understood pain. They understood the limitations of word, and they understood, and here's the money shot, they understood the power of presence. The power of just being there. Great, great comforting power exists just being present with someone. Job's friends sat down on the ground with him. They sat in the dirt with him. Can you feel the power of that? Can you feel the power of their presence? Can you feel the hurt that they would feel as they looked upon their friend in his pain and knew that there were no words to say? Can you feel that?
It's powerful, man. When you have been in so much pain or in the presence of someone suffering in this pain, you begin to learn the limitations of words. You begin to learn the limitations of words and you learn the raw power of just being present. Just being present. My, uh, I got a long time friend. She's been in my life. Uh, she and her husband uh, have been in my life for uh, 22, 23 years. Tony and Jessica Gilbert. And Jessica is a uh, daughter in the faith, Tony's son in the faith. We, I mean, we've been through a lot of stuff together. She's also, Jessica's also the uh, administrator for Trexo. If you need anything, email Jessica at trexo.org. Uh, uh, they have experienced this kind of pain. They, they've experienced this kind of darkness. When their first child, uh, their baby boy Alden was born, uh, two months after he was born, he was diagnosed with cancer, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, the darkness and the uncertainty and the pain were just immeasurable for years of cancer treatments. Uh, now, thankfully today, Alden is doing much better, but that was not always that was not always guaranteed. Jessica says, "Listen to what Jessica says." Um, uh, she shared this with me uh, over email uh, earlier this week. Jessica says about her experience and the way that people handle her pain. Listen to this: When we were in the depths of Alden's treatment, the more the people stressed over us or the more words that came from other people just magnified the situation we were in. The more words people gave, the more it magnified the situation we were in. The calm, quiet, confident presences were the best. The calm, quiet, confident presences were the best. That is the power of presence. And that's what I want to just equip you with the ability to do with your inner circle folks who go through things where your words just don't matter is just to understand, understand, uh, the power of being still the power of being still. Uh, the other thing that Job's friends did that was absolutely genius. This is in, in ministering to people. This, what they did is absolutely one other thing they did was absolutely genius. They waited and waited and they let Job speak first. They let Job speak first. So after the seven days, Job 3.1, Job 3.1 says this. Afterward, after the seven days, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Oh, in all your pain, have you ever cursed the day of your birth? That is severe pain. That is severe pain. But they waited and they let Job go first. This is something I've observed. Of all the years that I've been loving on people and sitting with them and even my own pain and having people sit with me in my pain, one thing that is true about every person with whom I've ever sat with that is suffering, they want to talk. They absolutely want to talk. They may cry. Uh, they may wail. They may stare off into the distance. They may wallow. They may wallow. They may snot cry. They may yell. They may whatever. They absolutely want to talk. But but they only want to talk when they're ready. So don't rush them. Don't rush them. They are not on your timetable. You're on theirs. You're on theirs. Be still, breathe, feel their pain. If appropriate, help around the house without saying a word. Mow the grass, take their car, get an oil change or a wash, buy groceries, or do none of that and just sit in their presence. Just sit in their presence. You got, you got to be able to imagine the friend's experience when Job lifted his head, lifted his head, looked at each one of them in the face, and he finally spoke. You can feel that, man. You can feel that. He was ready. He was ready. Now, the rest of Job shows us how much better the friends would have been if they just would have remained silent because, like I said, their advice and the dialogue was terrible. But they started well. They absolutely started well. So what do you say when there is nothing to say? You say 
nothing. And that can be the best thing that you could say. If this has been uh, helpful to you, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that, and again, in my time with people, most folks are just terrible at knowing how to navigate the grief and the sadness of others. Uh, and so if this is helpful to you at all, I would greatly appreciate it if you'd share it on all your social medias, uh, networks, and, and whatever. You share the blog if you prefer written stuff. You can share the podcast. If you prefer audio, you can share the video if you prefer video. I don't know what other medium to send it to you in. Uh, if it is, maybe someone could tell me. Uh, but man, it would be super helpful for you to share this around and around and around because there's so much pain, man. And, and we could be a, a massive balm. We could be a massive source of aloe to the hearts and the wounds of people, but we got to learn how to deal with other people's pain. And so hopefully this one's been helpful to you as you encounter people dealing with some severe stuff. Uh, send it around, man. Trexo exists to light fires, kingdom fires in churches and people and organizations that are not walking in the fire of the Lord. Uh, we believe very strongly in the power of personal disciple making uh, one person in the Lord who's strong in the Lord. Uh, training three others. Uh, effective disciple making is not easy. It's a skill. Uh, so Trexo exists to offer specialized uh, advanced kingdom training. Uh, to individuals, to churches, and to organizations to better equip them to walk in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but then also to disciple other people into the same way. If there's anything we can do for you, for your organization, uh, we will certainly uh, be here and ready to do it. You can email me, jim at trexo.org, and we will get the ball rolling. Otherwise, thank you for your time, and I look forward to the next time that we can be together again in the overflow. Thank you for joining us in The Overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.